Yesterday on the Survival Alphabet series, the word of the day was wait. That's W for wait. I talked about what it means to wait and what we call someone who's waiting. From the dictionary definition, we saw that someone who is waiting for something or an event or an opportunity is called a waiter. And what do waiters do? They serve. With this in mind, I went ahead to talk about a few attributes of a good waiter in relation to the word of the day. That word was still in my mind as I was thinking of what to share in today's episode of Soul Sunday. You see, everyone of us has a promise or two or many promises from God. However, not all promises manifest instantly. Some take time. Others take a long time to the point of almost forgetting that you had a promise from God. But if you forget everything else, please don't forget this. That between God's promise to you and its manifestation, there is what we call a waiting period question is what do you do during that period when you're waiting let's find out on today's episode of soul sunday hi my name is liz washuka and i welcome you to join me in this episode of soul sunday where i will be sharing with you my thoughts on what to do when waiting on god to fulfill his promises one thing you can rest assured about is this whatever he has promised he will always bring it to fruition but it all depends on you not giving up on him Remember, he says he watches over his word to fulfill it. So as long as you have a word from God, don't ever doubt that it will happen. It is my hope that by the end of this episode, you will have caught a revelation that will help you maintain a positive attitude while you're waiting. Remember Joseph in the Bible? This is a guy who one morning woke up a prisoner and went to bed the prime minister of Egypt. You can read his story in the book of Genesis from chapter 37 all the way to chapter 50. But let's just do a little recap of his journey to being the PM. Joseph started having dreams while he was still a young boy tending his father's flock. When he shared his dreams with his family, His brothers became jealous of him and even at some point his father Jacob, despite displaying extra affection on him, he too rebuked him for those dreams. His brothers hated him so much because of the dreams he kept having, they called him the dreamer. Eventually they plotted to kill him but somehow one of his brothers suggested that they sell him to an Arab caravan that was on its way to Egypt. And that's how he ended up in Egypt as a slave to some guy called Potiphar. Potiphar was an officer of Pharaoh and I guess he was a very good designer because he quickly realized that Joseph was not the usual slave. He discovered that Joseph not only had a great character but also that he he had divine favor upon him. And for this reason, Potiphar appointed Joseph to become the head of his estate. He gave him so much authority that whatever decision he made, he, Potiphar, complied with it. Joseph had access and control over the entire of Potiphar's estate except Potiphar's wife. The devil is very cunning and wanted to discredit Joseph. So what did he do? He used Potiphar's wife, who seduced him to sleep with her, but he wouldn't do it. She got so mad at him for declining her advances that she framed him for attempted rape. And as a result, Joseph was thrown in prison by his master Potiphar. You know, sometimes I wonder whether the reason why Potiphar didn't have Joseph killed was because deep down he knew the guy was innocent. Or maybe because he knew his wife was a loose cannon. Anyway, I digress. Back to the Joseph story. While in prison, the divine favor that was upon him 
continued following him and because of his charisma the prison warden gave him his right hand man made him his right hand man in genesis chapter 39 verse 22 we read before long the warden put joseph in charge of all the prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison the warden had no worries because joseph took care of everything the lord was with him and he caused everything he did to succeed Now that's what divine favor can do for you. Even while he was in prison, his environment, his circumstances did not define who he was. The favor that was still upon him worked with him, continued being with him while he was in those difficult circumstances. In Genesis chapter 40, we read that Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became very angry at these two officials and he put them in prison where Joseph was. They remained in prison for quite some time and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who took who took who looked after them, sorry. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset and asked them, "What's up with you guys? Why are you looking so worried today?" he he said. uh he asked and they replied we both had dreams last night but no one can tell us what they meant so to which joseph replied interpreting dreams is god's business you know but anyway just go ahead and tell me what your dreams were so when you read the rest of the passage to the end you'll see that joseph interpreted their dreams and after he did he specifically asked the cupbearer to remember him before pharaoh but the cupbearer forgot about him Two years later, Joseph was still in prison when something happened that would remind the cupbearer of him. Pharaoh had a dream that nobody in the land could interpret. At that point, the cupbearer remembered, "Oh-oh, there's this dude who was called Joseph who interpreted my dream." And so he told Pharaoh about him. He immediately called for Joseph, but before Joseph was taken to him, he had to go to the salon, you know, get some nice suits. He became groomed and suited up to meet the top guy in the land. And when he finally met Pharaoh, he listened to him and interpreted his dream, and as the English would say, the rest is history. Chapter 41 tells us what happened after he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. I specifically want to read verses 41 to 44. We say, Pharaoh said to Joseph, "I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt." Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in a, in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Yo, Joseph got some serious original bling on him. Verse 43. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command, and wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, "Kneel down!" So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt and verse 44 says and Pharaoh said to him I am Pharaoh but no one will lift a hand or a foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval This means even Pharaoh himself was submitting himself to Joseph Later on in the subsequent chapters we see how his family later joined him in Egypt and just like he had dreamt when he was still a young boy they all had to bow before him He finally told them who he really was much much later but after the dream had been fulfilled. So how long did Joseph wait for his dreams to be fulfilled? We see him enter the scene at the age of 17 when he was having drama with his family. 
in verse 45 and 46 of Genesis chapter 41, the Bible says, So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt. He was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. In other words, Joseph waited 13 years for his dreams to be fulfilled. Question is, what was he doing while he was waiting? I came up with about a couple of, actually about five or so things he was doing while he was waiting for his dream to become realized. Number one, he was growing. Remember, he started out at the age of 17 when he was being, you know, sold as a slave to, uh, you know, the Arab caravan. So he grew physically. He grew in character, as you can see, when a Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with him, his integrity, you know, stopped him. That means it, that was a clear sign of character growth. And then, of course, the various positions he had held while he was waiting to become the prime minister meant that he grew his leadership skills, his management skills, his people skills. We've seen all that from the, the, the various passages that we have read. Secondly, he served. He served as Potiphar's second in command. He served as a prison warden, uh, warden's second in command. And he also took care of his fellow prisoners. Remember, talking to them, encouraging them, and helping them is how he managed to find out that the cupbearer and the baker were not okay. And hence, him getting an opportunity to translate or about to interpret their dreams for them. And then thirdly, he became second in command to Pharaoh, which means he was still serving. So serving gave him the practice he needed to become the person he needed to be. The ultimate promise he had been given by God was to become the prime minister of Egypt. That's the dream that caused his brothers to call him the dreamer. But I don't think he knew that, you know, he'd become the prime minister at that point. He just knew there was a big position that was coming, but he didn't know what position. Number three, he polished his fundamental gift. And what was his fundamental gift again? The interpretation of dreams. He never forgot what his main gift was. He used it and worked on it even while he was in prison. Remember, it was that dream that actually opened that door that took him to Pharaoh's palace to interpret his dream. If he had not been polishing it while he was in prison, nobody would have known that he had the ability to interpret dreams. Number four, he worked on his relationship with God. And how do I know this, even though I wasn't there in person? When Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, what did he say? That would be a great sin against God. So you see, if he was someone who didn't care about God, he would have gone ahead and slept with her. Secondly, both times he interpreted the dreams, he made it very clear that God is the one who was doing the interpretation. The only thing is that he was using him, Joseph, as a conduit to relay that information. For God to be able to use Joseph in this way, it meant he had a very close relationship with him. You don't reveal deep, deeply hidden secrets to people you don't know. You need to be very close to them and very intimate for you to reveal such hidden uh, secrets. So while he was waiting, it is now clear that among the things he was doing is maintaining a close relationship with God. Number five, he kept his hope alive. Despite all the challenges he went through, he never once forgot who he was. If he heard, 
he would not have bothered telling the cupbearer to remember him before Pharaoh once he left prison. So he was still hopeful that one day, despite how I got into this prison, I will still get out. He kept his hope alive. Now, what else can we learn from this Joseph story? There are many things that will happen to discourage you while you're waiting on something. For instance, many people will ridicule you and even hate you for what you're waiting for. Remember when the uh, you know he was trying to share his dreams with his family? They called him a dreamer. In fact, those dreams made his brothers hate him so much that they sold him just to get rid of him. Thank God they didn't kill him. So, when you're going after your dream, a lot is going to happen to discourage you and sometimes some of those things could actually be life-threatening. Secondly, like I said already, there'll be dangerous and difficult encounters while you're waiting. However, you just need to trust the process owner who's God himself. He says in his word that he will never leave you. He will never let you be tempted before your abil- beyond your ability to be able to handle the temptation that comes your way. He will always make sure you never get tempted beyond your ability. Something else, everything happens for a reason, even when it makes no sense. You know, many things will happen that won't make sense to you, but they will all work together for good, as the word of God says. For instance, if it wasn't for being framed by Potiphar's wife, he would not have landed in prison where he got a chance to interpret dreams. I'm talking about Joseph in this case. And that is what led him to Pharaoh's palace. While you're waiting, remember that everything that happens in your life happens for a a reason. Even when it doesn't look like it's connected. I always tell people I don't believe in coincidences. I tell people I strongly believe in divine connections and divine encounters. Now one last thing I'd like to say is this. While in waiting, there are many steps that will not be revealed to you in advance. That doesn't mean that God doesn't know what is happening. He knows. In fact, he knows so much. And I believe he does that because he knows if he was to reveal some of these steps to us in advance before we actually start getting, you know, encountering them, we might never ever take the first step towards our destinies. You know, I'm imagining uh, that conversation between God and Joseph, how it would have been, you know, when let's say God wants to prepare Joseph to tell him what is going to, ha- what is going to happen to, to him for the next like 13 years. So imagine this conversation here. Yo, Joe, listen up. You know, sometime in the future, you will become the prime minister of Egypt. But before you get to that level, you'll pass through many challenges But they are all there to help you grow physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. So that when you become the PM, nothing will ever be able to shake you or move you. You'll have seen everything there is to see you now. But you see, Joe, it will take you 13 years to become the PM. And within those 13 years, you will have seen a lot, my bro. For instance, in a few weeks' time, from this conversation you and I are having, your brothers will actually be plotting to kill you. Thank God for Reuben, your elder brother. He will have a change of heart and instead of killing you, they will, he will suggest that they throw you in a pit. But they won't leave you there. Just before they leave, they will see a foreign caravan passing by and they will sell you to the Arabs in that caravan. Those Arabs will take you to Egypt where you will become a slave to a dude called Potiphar. Now, while at Potiphar's house, I will make sure I bless you and I'll give you so much favor that you'll become his second in command. 
the only challenge is his wife is not very straight so she's going to try and seduce you to sleep with her after that incident you will be thrown in prison where you will remain for more than 2 years you notice at this point by the way um, 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 in that conversation he's having with uh, god eh? god doesn't tell him whether or not he overcomes that temptation that is being thrown his way by potiphar's wife he just says he will be thrown in prison so he doesn't know uh, will i be thrown in prison because i slept with her or because uh, what what for what reason exactly so he, he probably would be left wondering anyway god continues then one day i will do something that will cause you to wake up a prisoner but go to bed as the prime minister of egypt by that time by the way you'll have stayed in you know in prison for like 2 years eh? so now that you know how your path is going to be joseph tell me would you be willing to go through all those challenges just to become the prime minister of egypt You know I'm just thinking to myself if I was the one being asked that question after being told what I'm going to pass through I don't think I would have responded in the affirmative My point is there are many things God hides from us for our own good because he knows if we were to know about them beforehand we might not ever have the guts to go after the dreams he has put in our hearts As you continue waiting for God and the promises he has given you learn to trust him 100%. He says in his word that he knows the plans he has for you, plans to give you a hope and an expected end. I love the NIV translation that puts it well. It says, "For I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord. "They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope." Keyword for me there is disaster. So even when things look like a total disaster, keep waiting on God and on his promises to you. and as you wait grow through the waiting i know like right now i'm speaking somebody is thinking how am i going to be able to fulfill my dream when there's covid-19 that has messed up everything that's why i said just believe in god wait on his promises because his ways are not our ways he knew corona is going to come when he promised you whatever he promised you He knows the ways he has planned for you to escape this and for you to fulfill and achieve your dream. Remember, nothing happens by mistake and nothing happens without God's knowledge. And in most cases what I've noticed about God is that he uses the worst possible, you know, the things that look like the disasters, those disasters I'm talking about and turns them into the best, you know, like catalysts to achieving Uh, the things that he wanted to achieve for for your life. So again I repeat even when things look like a total disaster just keep waiting on God and on his promises to you. But as you wait, grow through the waiting. So God bless you so much for listening to me today. It is my hope that this has encouraged you to acquire a new attitude as you wait. And until the next episode of Soul Sunday, this is Liz Washuka, your voice of hope in times of hopelessness. God bless you so much. Thank you.